There we read, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. So far, the text. And after the proclamation of God's word, let us respond in song. Let us sing from Psalm 23, all stanzas. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I am sure that most of you, if not all of you, have heard the children's nursery rhyme, Little Bo Peep has lost her sheep. The rhyme starts like this, Little Bo Peep has lost her sheep and doesn't know where to find them. Leave them alone and they'll come home bringing their tails behind them. And there are more lines which follow. Basically, this nursery rhyme describes how a, a young shepherdess taking responsibility for a sheep only after having fallen asleep on the job. As it says later on in this nursery rhyme, then up she took her little crook, determined for it to find them. And eventually she did find them, but without their tails. And then later on she, she found their tails hanging on a tree to dry. Now from this nursery rhyme, we see how much sheep really need a shepherd to take continual care of them. And that way, any shepherd or shepherdess has a great responsibility. Now thankfully, we have Jesus Christ as our, our chief shepherd. And he also calls them the elders here to serve then as shepherds of this congregation. Even though you have no minister at this time, you still have shepherds over this flock. But how do the elders serve as shepherds? Are we like little Bo Peep? Are we to be caught asleep on the job? Are we losing our sheep? Do we not know where to find them? Do we think if we leave them alone that they'll come home? Yes, with how much determination do we seek out God's sheep and care for them? In this congregation, do we realize that God calls us to follow our shepherds? Do we understand that he has placed them over us for our care, for our correction? Beloved, let us hear this morning what our great shepherd Jesus Christ says about the spiritual care of us, his church, his flock. And so God's word comes to you this morning summarized under this theme. The Lord calls the elders to keep watch over themselves and the flock. And we will look at three things. First, the call of the church of the Lord. Second, the church of the Lord. And third, the concerns of the Lord. I repeat, the Lord calls the elders to keep watch over themselves and the flock. We look at the call of the Lord, the church of the Lord, and the concerns of the Lord. This beloved, this morning we, we turn our attention to a, 
You say a farewell sermon of the Apostle Paul to the elders in the church of Ephesus. We should not be surprised that Paul gave such an address considering that God had used him to establish the church in this great city. It's interesting to know that already on his second missionary journey, the Apostle Paul had stopped off for a short time in the great city of Ephesus. And during his brief stay, he went to the synagogue and he had reasoned with the Jews. And when they asked him to spend more time, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. And it was God's will. Yes, it was God's will for Paul to come back to Ephesus on his third missionary journey. And for about three years, Paul worked in this city. And so all the Jews and Greeks who lived in and around Ephesus heard the word of the Lord. And yes, through Paul's preaching of the word of the Lord, the church of Jesus Christ was established in Ephesus. And as the apostle had done elsewhere, he also then appointed elders to watch over to care for his church. And eventually, yes, the apostle Paul left the church of Ephesus. He set out from Macedonia and Greece. Yes, he left only after there was a riot in the city. For the word which the apostle Paul preached had spread widely and had grown in power. In fact, the preaching of the apostle Paul was, was seen as a threat to the worship of, of the goddess Diana there in the city of Ephesus. Those who, who earned a living from her worship were upset and they started a riot. And, and soon after, Paul left and continued on his third missionary journey. And then as we could read it in Acts 20, Paul was coming back. He was on his way back to Jerusalem and he came close to Ephesus. He stopped in, you can say, at the port of Miletus, some 60 kilometers away from Ephesus. And from there, yes, he called the elders of the church of Ephesus. Called them to come to him. And then he reminded them of how he had served the Lord with great humility, with many tears. Although he had been severely tested by the schemes and the plots of the Jews. He also reminded them of how he had not held back from preaching anything that would be helpful to them. But now he was carrying on. He was going back to Jerusalem. And who was to continue to care for the church in Ephesus? Beloved, that would be the God-given responsibility of the elders. And this is what the Apostle Paul encouraged them to do. As he told them, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. As it was God, the Holy Spirit, who gave these men yes, the gifts and the talents to be able to serve as elders in the church. For yes, the Spirit and the gifts have been poured out on this church too. And these brothers who were elders have been filled with the Spirit. As it was the Spirit who would give them more and more the gifts they needed. Gifts like wisdom and courage and discretion and mercy so that each one of them could fulfill his office as was pleasing to God. And so, yes, through the work of the elders, the Spirit himself would minister to the congregation. He would use the elders, equip them, yes, with the words as his instruments. Beloved, 
The Spirit does the same today. Remember, it is the Spirit who has placed these brothers over you as elders and deacons. He makes his choice of elders and deacons clear through the discernment he gives us when we elect them. And yet, beloved, when we have a disagreement with our elders, our deacons, how often don't we forget that God, the Spirit, has placed them over us for our good? Now let us also realize that the Spirit placed more than one shepherd or elder over each congregation. Our text speaks here of, of a plurality of elders, of, of shepherds. And so, yes, the church is to be watched over not just by one shepherd, but by, by several shepherds, a council of shepherds. Yes, the minister is a shepherd, and the elders, too, are shepherds. And minister together with the elders, the other elders then are, are to keep watch over the entire congregation. And know well what it says here in our text, beloved. We are first to keep watch over ourselves. In order to properly keep watch over the entire flock, we must first keep watch over ourselves. This means we need to ask ourselves, in what kind of spiritual shape am I in order to carry out my work as an elder, and for that matter, as a deacon? As elders, as deacons, we enter into office because we fit the requirements of office as we find them in passages like Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3. But brothers, when we are in office, we must keep those requirements before us at all times. We must make sure that at all times we are blameless, that we're not overbearing, that we're not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, but rather that we are ones who love good, self-controlled, upright and holy and disciplined. And so, yes, we must check ourselves as office bears time and again. Are we living up to those requirements as laid out in God's word? Basically, we need to ask ourselves, am I faithful to my God in my doctrine and lifestyle? Am I always equipping myself for faithful service in the church? And so, yes, as office bearers, we must give ourselves the spiritual checkups. Let's constantly hold our hearts and lives under the light of God's words. Unless we as office bearers do not apply God's word of correction and admonition to ourselves first and foremost, how will we be able to do so for the sheep, for the flock of Christ? Really, we cannot watch over others if we cannot properly watch over ourselves, our own lives. And so, brother elders, keep watch over ourselves but also then over all the flock as elders as overseers as shepherds we have a great responsibility in God's flock now you might be wondering to which office have we really been called the first verse of our text speaks of these leaders as being overseers same verse also speaks of us as being shepherds when we look back to verse 17, we see the verse speaks of us as being elders. And you, so you see the Apostle Paul uses several different words to describe 
the men to whom he speaks, elders, overseers, shepherds. And it's important to note the connection between these, these different words. Indeed, these men were called to the office, to the task of elder. As beside the offices of apostle and prophet and deacon, there was also the office of elder. It's an office rooted in the Old Testament. The people of Israel were also led by, by elders. Now in this office of elder, we brothers, we have an important task. We have the task, the work of overseeing the flock of Jesus Christ. So elders were always to be watching over the congregation. We are, as it literally says here, episkopos which means to scope out, to watch over, to look out for the flock, the congregation. We need to know where our sheep are. Are they gathered here every Sunday regularly feeding on God's word? Or are they not here, but wandering off where they should not be? And so then as we do our work of watching over the congregation how do we do that? We do this as shepherds. We do this work with a shepherd's heart. That means we need to have a real love for God's sheep entrusted to our care. We cannot do this work with a great deal of reluctance of, well, I guess i got to do this, but I really don't feel like it. Now, we cannot be, be cold or indifferent to the sheep we need to remember we're not here as business administrators. We are shepherds. And we need to do our work in the way of a shepherd. Real shepherds love their sheep, all their sheep. The little ones, the big ones, the difficult ones, the weak ones, yes, all of them. And then we need to guide them and direct them in the green pastures of God's word. And we need to do this in a firm yet in a very loving way. And yes, to truly love and care for the flock requires, yes, diligent and constant oversight. There needs to be a real watchfulness amongst us as shepherds, real willingness to go the extra mile for the sheep. And so our first responsibility as elders is not to be caught up in the work of some kind of committee, but to watch over the flock, to shepherd the flock of God with the word of God. For let us realize who the Lord Jesus Christ, our chief shepherd, has entrusted to our care. His church. His congregation. And that brings us to our second point. Because that's how the Apostle Paul spoke of the congregation of Ephesus as his flock. You have to watch over as an entire flock of sheep. That's the imagery used here by the Apostle Paul. And this was not strange to those who were listening to him. If you look in both the Old and the New Testament, we see God's people are often called, yes, sheep, and together they're called his flock. Just listen and think of the songs we, we sang before the sermon and also the songs we'll sing after the sermon. They speak of God's church as a flock of sheep. And are we not, as God's people, often very much like sheep? Sheep and people often 
act in the same way. Like sheep, we are by nature you know, scared or timid. And especially when we're scared, we can flock together like sheep and go in wrong and dangerous directions. And then as sheep, we, as we need that constant guidance of shepherds. And like sheep, we can also be very stubborn and foolish by nature. Again, this points out the need for constant watching and care. Yes, in a flock of sheep, there are always some what you call fence crawlers. Sheep who, who stubbornly refuse to be happy in God's flock. They fail to, to realize how blessed they are to be in the flock of Jesus Christ. And not being content in the flock, then they're always on the edge looking for a way to escape. And we can be the same way. Also among us, there is those who are not content to be in the flock of Christ, always looking elsewhere for greener pastures. And those sheep, yes, who are wandering away, they need to be pulled back. And then there are also those injured sheep who need to be healed, those weak sheep who need to be strengthened. And this is where the elders must seek out these sheep and help bring, yes, with the word of God, the healing and the strengthening and the encouraging they need. And then there are also the big pushy sheep who like to bully the weak, the smaller sheep with their horns. And are there not also among us those who, who like to do the same? There are those who want to be leading and be very disruptive and demanding. And they drive others away and then they wonder why no one really wants anything to do with them. We have quite a task then before us as elders, as shepherds of the flock. Take care of all of those sheep entrusted to our care. And this means knowing what your sheep must deal with in their everyday lives. This means, yes, listening. Listening to their joys, but also to their concerns. And so, yes, to know your sheep, you need to visit your sheep. Tend to your sheep. As a shepherds, you need to be making more than that, that yearly home visit. You must visit more and so as to know what the sheep are like. What are they thinking? What are they doing? How are they living? For brothers, elders, and deacons, realize whose flock, whose church this is. It's not ultimately yours or mine. It's the church of God. This is the church which God's son bought with his own blood. Yes, Jesus Christ redeemed us from our sins with his precious blood. This church is his most prized possession. Let's remember this when we do our work as elders, as deacons, as shepherds of the flock of Jesus Christ. He gave his life to save the flock. What tremendous love he showed in this way. What an outpouring of love. And he still is pouring out his love for the flock. And he will ask us as office bearers to give account of how we have taken care of his flock for which he died. And so let us give ourselves fully to the task of watching over this flock entrusted to us by him. That is with great love and courage and guide and direct these sheep, warts and all, 
in the way of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, is with the help of the Holy Spirit, we must make every effort to take care of all the sheep. Every one of them is precious to him. Is the most prominent of those lowly, the rich and the poor, the young and the elderly, the lovable and the difficult ones. But practically, how do we keep watch? Well, by, by home visits, mentioned earlier in this passage. This is what the Apostle Paul did. He, he preached publicly and from house to house. And we too need to meet our members in their homes. That's how we get to know them. It means listening well to them when we do visit, when we don't do all the talking. And get to know, yes, what, what lives in their hearts and their lives. And when we, we meet with them in this way, we also build relationships with them. And this will be of great value when there is a need for a special visit, when they struggle, when they stray away from the Lord and his flock. Then we already have a bond, a, you could say a connection with them. And we also keep watch over them when we as elders supervise the preaching of God's word here. It's the task of the elders, as the shepherds, to ensure that there's a faithful preaching of God's word here every Sunday again. Because this is where all the sheep are being fed. It's your responsibility to supervise the preaching of God's word. To make sure that it's truly faithful. And truly edifying to the congregation of Jesus Christ. For beloved, there are many dangers facing us as flock of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that brings us to our last point. The Apostle Paul made that clear. He was, he was leaving. He was on his way to Jerusalem. He would not be coming back. And he also gave them this instruction. He said that after I leave, I know savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. You see, the church of Ephesus faced a twofold danger. There would come attacks from outside of the flock, but also from within the flock. First of all, there would be wolves coming in from the outside. And wolves, as you all know, are natural enemies of the sheep. In fact, sheep are easy prey for wolves. If there are no shepherds keeping watch over sheep, it's very easy for wolves to sneak up on a flock and then go in and attack and attack to kill. And they kill the weak, they kill the, the young, the straying sheep. And what happens to the rest of the sheep? They get scattered on the hillsides. Now those, those wolves did come into the flock of Ephesus. Just read the two letters that the Apostle Paul wrote Timothy when Timothy was serving as minister in Ephesus. Also read the letter to the church of Ephesus. You find it in the book of Revelation. And so from these three letters, it's clear that wolves came into this congregation and they wreaked havoc. How many sheep, how many believers in the church of Ephesus fell for the lies of the world? How many compromised their faith, yes, lost their faith in Jesus Christ? And what about today? Let's not kid ourselves. There are still wolves attacking God's flock also here. We are faced with the same dangers from outside the flock as back then. Yes, we face wolves who come among us to destroy. And these wolves, they have very sharp teeth. 
And these wolves come in, in surprising forms, you might think. For example, how often don't we fall prey to the sharp teeth of, of secularism? How many of us get caught up in the grip of living for the here and now? And yes, we live for the moment. We want instant gratification. We live for solely having a good time and completely forget that we live today in view of eternal life with God. And how many of us live dual lives? Sunday we live one way, we piously sit here in church, and the rest of the week we live no different than the unbelievers around us. Another example. How many of us are badly cut up by the teeth of, of materialism? We wrongly think that we must have the nice house and all the toys that the neighbors have, and as a result, giving for church or for school is neglected. You can wait for later. Beloved, let us realize the emptiness of wealth unless it is used in the service of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Another example, how many of us are caught up in, in the teeth of relativism? How many of us think like the world around us that there's nothing really right or wrong anymore and so I do whatever I want. My life is my own to live so leave me alone to do my own thing. You have no right to tell me what to do. Is there no truth? The truth of God's word? Which gives clear guidance and direction to us? One more example. How many of us are caught up in the teeth of, of feminism? How many of us think of marriage like the world around us? How many are starting to see marriage as a form of slavery? And how many think it is okay if men are adults, if men are, are like Homer Simpson on TV? Yes, how often are the men among us too busy with their work or with their fun and the pleasure? And because the men do not step up to their God-given tasks in the church of Jesus Christ, also their task in marriage and family, that the women among us are forced to lead. Is how many among us know what it is to be a true husband in marriage, father in our families? My beloved, let us realize the danger of the flock is also from inside. So often we forget this. We can be naive on this point. Satan attacks from within, where we as sheep least expect it. This inside attack is often so subtle. But as the Apostle Paul warned, even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. And what happened, what Paul warned about happened in the church of Ephesus. Again, looking at the Paul's letter to Timothy, he was minister there in Ephesus. Timothy was, was charged to tell certain persons not to teach a different doctrine. And you look at that letter given to the church of Ephesus that I mentioned there in Revelation 2. Same thing. Church was to test certain men and they would find that they were false. And yet how many members would fall for these men and their teaching how many disciples did they not draw away? And beloved, we face the same challenge as church today. There are many who come up and distort the truth. 
Just think of the distorted teachings of theistic evolution. But what about when we distort the truth with our gossip about others? And we're quick to judge and condemn others here rashly and unhurt. What about when we think we're, we're always right and above correction? Really, the dangers for the congregation are just not out there, but they're also among us here when we're filled with arrogance and pride and self-righteousness. And then the warning of the Apostle Paul to the elders in Ephesus is timely, as he says there in verse 31, so be on guard. Be on the alert among the sheep as they face these dangers. Be there to strengthen the weak sheep, to help bring healing to, to the sick sheep, to be there for the crippled sheep, binding them up and bringing back the strange sheep. Oh, the sheep are so weak, they are so tender, they need that constant care and watch. And then as the apostle also said, remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. I mean, that is what the apostle Paul did for three straight years. He worked there in that church. He earnestly counseled each member of the church with God's word. He came to them with God's word here in the public worship service, but also in the visitation in their homes. He had done this night and day. You could say he had been busy shepherding them 24-7, always on call. He gave himself fully to his work. You could say he put his heart and soul into his work. He was truly passionate shepherd of the flock. These sheep were his heartfelt concern. And he was saying, you elders there in Ephesus, you need to do the same. The Lord God is saying also to the elders, to the deacons here, you need to do the same. Brothers, as watchmen, we need to be on guard. We need to be alert. We need to put our heart and soul into our work. Our Lord Jesus Christ calls us to do here. We must go and tend the flock entrusted to us. We must be in the midst of the congregation. We need to be in the homes in the congregation. And we are to do this, yes, as it says here, night and day. We too are always on call. It doesn't mean that we're at everyone's beck and call. And we have to run for everyone as if we were a personal slave. But we need to love Christ's sheep and always seek their spiritual well-being. And that's why we need to come to them with nothing more than the word of God. And that's what we read in the verse following our texts. There the apostle Paul says to the elders, now I commit you to God and to the word of grace which can build you up. Indeed, elders and deacons, we need to build ourselves up with God's word. It's with his word that we are equipped for service in his kingdom, in his church. And this word remains. And so we come with the word. We don't come with our personal opinions and thoughts. Yes, we need to distinguish our personal thoughts and opinions from God's word. This is what we come with. And there are many matters in which God's word is very clear. And we're able to give guidance. And when the scriptures do not speak on something, then as a matter of Christian freedom, then we leave it there. And so we come with God's word. This is the tool we use in the midst of the congregation. 
And so, brothers, elders and deacons, go with God's word of grace. It's the word of grace. You come with a message of grace. And let us as flock, yes, listen then to the, to the voice of the good shepherd. As they come with the word, you're hearing the voice of your good shepherd. He loves you all. And he comes to you through them. And so in this way, may we be all led in, in the green pastures of God's word. And in this way, may we all remain a faithful church of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Amen.